Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. I'm going to share with you this morning a word. You know, I've been watching on Facebook, as some of you, and I think Troy was part of this and some others, that, you know, you're, you're choosing or you're asking the Lord to focus on a word for the year. A word for the year. Troy's was lead, I believe. Right, Troy? I don't know. Some of the other ones. And, and so people have been asking me, well, what, what, what's your word for the year? I said, a word for the year? I'm lucky to stick with the same word for a sermon. <laughs> you, want, you want me to go a whole, a whole year focused on a word? <laughs> like, I, 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 I can't do that. You're out of your mind. Uh, so anyhow, I don't have one. I might have one for you by the time I'm done preaching, though. All right. So turn with me, Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to share with you a little bit of something I shared on a Wednesday evening um, a few weeks ago. And um, I just love the scripture, how it just comes alive. The more you read it, the more you read it, how it comes alive. And and let me encourage you to get into the word of God. Because without the word of God coming alive in your heart, you'll never understand the things of God. You'll want to. You'll be on the outside looking in saying, I want to, but I don't get it. All right, but I promise you, if you'll get into the word, you'll come to an understanding of it. And so this morning, I have a message that I entitled it. I'm going to call it this morning, The Seed. All right, The Seed. Okay, um, I, and as you know, you've heard me say many times, I'm not much of one that's, you know, into gardening and planting and all that stuff. I just can't figure out why I'd want to steal business from the people who work at Weiss and Giant Eagle and Martins. And, you know, these people are trying to make a living, you know, and I'm out there trying to rob them of their living. Besides that, I could be spending that time planting the garden, golfing. <laughs> but let's see what Jesus says. So Jesus does a, um, what did I do? I missed the scripture. Beginning with verse 1 of chapter 13. I've, I've got my screen is messed up this morning already. But Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is preaching about the kingdom. How many know it was the number one thing Jesus preached about was the kingdom of God? You can't get away from it. Everything he said was about the kingdom. But Matthew chapter 13, he tells the story of a sower. All right, and it begins like this. And on the same day, Jesus went out of the house um, and great multitudes were gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And then he spoke many things to them. And he said, behold, a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. All right, some by the wayside, others fell in the rocky places where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up. And because they had no depth of soil, and when the sun had risen, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they were withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell in the good soil. And it yielded a crop, some hundredfold, and sixty, and some thirty. And he who has an ear, let him hear. And so, Father, this morning we say, let us hear. If we have an ear this morning, let us hear. Let us focus this morning. Let us grab our attention this morning. Let the Holy Spirit arrest us for a few moments this morning. Let us put everything else to the side. Every festivity we've been part of, every social media thing we want to do right now, may we put it aside and say we have an ear and we want to hear by the Spirit of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, so let's talk about this. So Jesus later on explains this parable to his disciples. The first thing we need to understand is this. The sower of the seed, the one who's sowing the seed that Jesus is talking about, how many know that sower is Jesus? He's coming and he's sowing seed, right? Just as a sower, just as you go out and plant a garden, you sow that seed. Now, the question is, what is the seed? What kind of seed is he sowing, right? He's not like Penny and I many years ago when we were planting those seeds of those big, dumb, giant pumpkins, right? Let's grow a 300-pound pumpkin. Why? Why? 
pride. <laughs> My pumpkin was bigger than your pumpkin, right? And then you go to, and then you think you're doing pretty good among your friends till you go to Sam's Club and there's somebody there with a 1,700 pound pumpkin. When you're looking at a pumpkin the size of a Volkswagen, you're in a bad place. All right. And so, so, but what is the seed that Jesus is sowing? Well, here's what he says. Jesus explained. He said, and the seed is the message of the kingdom of God. All right. He very clearly explains this in this passage of scripture. He says, the sower goes out and sows the seed. He said, the seed is the message of the kingdom of God. Now, all right. So let's talk about this for a moment. I want you to understand something, that when you go out and you sow seed, how many of you know that the seeds you're sowing, you're not sure which one's actually going to produce? All right, you're just kind of like, by faith, I'm going to take these seeds, I'm going to throw them in the ground, and some of those seeds are going to grow, some of them probably aren't going to grow, but I don't know which ones are and which ones aren't, right? But here's what you've got to understand about this passage of Scripture, and you've got to understand about the kingdom of God's seed. First of all, the seed is the same for every aspect of the soil. Whether it was the road, whether it was the good soil, whether it was on the thorny places, the seed was the same. Listen to me this morning. There's not one seed for Jason, one seed for Randy. There's not one seed for George. There's not one seed for, for Dick. There's not one seed for Paul. There's not one. The seed of the kingdom is the same across the board. The message of the kingdom is exactly the same across the board for all humanity, all right? The seed is the same for all soil. The seed has equal potential. I am so glad that God didn't choose to say, I'm gonna give Dick more seed with more potential than me. I am so glad, okay, that he didn't say, you know what? I'm gonna give Tabby seed that has more potential than yours. Although I did notice you were singing alone up there today other than Troy. And I'm just wondering why I wasn't asked to help. Like, like, next man up, you know? Where is Troy? He's not even here listening to the message. See, how many of you ever looked at people and thought, man, I just wished I had what they have? Yo, dude. You don't need me walking. Get, your, get in here, grab me in here, right? Look, there's a seat right here for you. Look, look, right here. Here, Troy. When, I, when, I, when I'm making fun of you, you need to be in front of me. All right? See, see, listen to me. I know you have. Sometimes you have looked at people and you said, man, God didn't give me the same measure of seed that he gave him. No, no, listen to me. The message of the kingdom is the same across the board, the same equal potential, right? And the seed has equal power. It's, not, it's, it's equal across the board. Nothing changes from person to person, all right? So, the, so and, and, and so soil is what? My heart, your heart. The soil that the seed is deposited in is the hearts of humanity. Now think about this for just a moment. If the seed is equal, the potential is the same, the power is the same, Jesus is the sower, he's not indiscriminate. How many know he is not discriminating where he sows seed? He's casting the seed for all of humanity to hear the message, to plant the seed. The soil is our heart, okay? So the seed is the same, but the heart of humanity renders it fruitful or not. It is my heart that renders that seed in me, whether it's gonna be fruitful or not. Some of you have had too much sugar, I can tell. 
You say, how can you tell? Because you're like this. <laughs> you crashed. <laughs> you look like the grandkids. <laughs> All right? They have bounced off every wall in the house this week. I kid you not. They have bounced off every wall of the house. I thought I was hyper. They put me to shame. The seed is the same. What makes it different then? The soil. You see, he said a couple things. First of all, lack of understanding leads to a stolen seed. Jesus said that when it is sown, and the man hears it, but doesn't understand it, the enemy comes and steals it. How many know the enemy can steal what you don't understand? He can steal what you don't have revelation. But how many, listen to me, when you have a revelation, how many know he cannot steal it? When you have a download from heaven, when you have an understanding from heaven, you have a revelation from God, it all of a sudden now makes sense here and here. Listen to me, when you only have this and you don't have this, I promise you it'll get stolen, right? And so now all of a sudden Jesus is saying, listen, that which is lacking understanding is subject to be stolen from the enemy. How do I gain understanding? How many know this morning that it's the Holy Spirit who gives us understanding? You cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit that then develops in you an ability to understand the scripture because you cannot understand it in a natural man. How many know in your natural condition, you cannot understand the scriptures? You have to be born anew from above. Holy Spirit takes residence in your life and now these things begin to come alive in you and you come to a place of understanding. If you're trying an intellectual ascent to understanding God, good luck. If you're only trying an emotional ascent to the things of God, good luck. Because how many know we're more than just emotional and we're more than just mental? And so the lack of understanding leads to stolen seed. He says that lack of spiritual depth leads to a falling away. Hmm. Watch what he says. He says this. The one who received it on the stony places, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root, but endures only for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. There's no root, there's no depth. How many of you have met superficial Christians? How many of you have, met, have, how many of you have been a superficial, superficial Christian? Wow, say that 10 times fast. How many of you have been that where when everything's going well, oh, God is so good, everything's so awesome, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose in your life. All of a sudden, every trial and tribulation comes. What do you do? Do you have any root? Do you have any depth? Do you have the word, the message of the kingdom rooted down inside of you? When the, when, the, when the early church was being persecuted, when the early church was being stoned, when the early church was being beheaded, did they fall away? No, they didn't fall away. Why? Because there was a depth down inside of them. Think about it. You know, somebody said, we, we recently sold a property that Penny and I owned. And we sold this property and I got to tell you, it was the easiest piece of property I ever bought or sold in my life. It could not have gone smoother. It could not have gone easier. And I was explaining that to somebody. And they said to me, oh, man, God was really in that. And I said, yeah, he was really in it. And then it struck me. So God was in it because it was easy. 
Because we all know that everything God is in is always easy. <laughs> Let's think about our theology sometimes. Oh, that was really hard. That was really a struggle. That was really difficult. God couldn't have been in that. Have you read their Bible? Have you read the scripture? Do you think their life was easy in the book of Acts? They get up and preach the gospel. They got stoned. They got and preached the gospel. They got thrown in prison. They get up and preach the gospel. Philip got stoned, all right? James got his head cut off. Peter's in prison. Hello, listen to me. Just because God's in it doesn't mean it's gonna be easy sailing. It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. But I promise you, you'll get to the other side. But I promise you, you better have some depth in you and you better have some roots down so that when the wind blows and the big bad wolf blows, your house doesn't come crumbling down. Because it's not always easy. But I promise you, you'll get there. And I promise you'll get to the other side. And so lack of spiritual depth leads to a falling away. The lack of faith leads to the seed being choked out by worry. Look, look what he says. He said, he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares for the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becomes unfruitful. How many know worry? Worry will choke out the seed. Worry will choke out the seed. Anxiety will choke out that seed. The worries of this world, Jesus said. Because you see, you gotta understand something. How many know worry and faith are opposite of each other? You know, I said to somebody the other day, they were talking about fear. How many know fear? Faith, sometimes people say, but I'm not supposed to be fearful. Excuse me. I need faith when I feel fear. How many know faith causes me to move in spite of fear? All right, read the scriptures on and on and on and on. One of the greatest examples of that is Gideon. How many know Gideon was afraid? Gideon had fear. God came to him and said, Gideon, if you're afraid, get down to the enemy's camp and I'll give you a word and you'll be encouraged to attack. You see, it's not wrong that we feel the fear. It's wrong when we're dominated by the fear. But the only way we're not dominated by fear is when we choose to move in faith. All right, and so, yeah, you can see the worries and you can have the anxieties, you can see it all. But how many know you still, to activate the word and operate on the word, have to operate with faith? Okay, let me give you an example. I just talked about the offering a few minutes ago. The offering. Some people won't give and can't give because they fear not having enough. They fear that they won't have enough. What has to kick in? Faith has to kick in. Faith kicking in causes you to act on the word of God. When, you, when the faith kicks in and you activate the word of God and you act on the word of God, how many know you will reap the benefits of the word of God? But it's fear. So the lack of faith, lack of faith leads the seed to being choked out by worry. But good soil. But he said, now some fell on the good soil. Everybody say, good soil. I mean, oh, you're the good soil. Wow, that wasn't very good. Turn to, neighbor, turn, turn, turn to somebody and say, are you the good soil? You're all laughing. You're not even doing it. Good soil. What's about the good soil? Good soil is the heart that hears the message receives the message, understands it, and applies it with faith. That, how many know that's what we see with the disciples? Hmm? That it's a, this good soil is the heart of humanity that hears it, receives it, understands it, and then applies it with faith. That's the good soil. And when that happens, when you hear the message, you understand it, and you begin to apply it with faith, it causes the seed to produce a harvest beyond the measure that was sowed. 30, 
60, 100 fold. How many of you would say today, can testify today, and I'm not talking about just money, but some of you can talk about money, that you have received a seed from God that has been beyond what was sown into your life? How many, how many of you ever can say that there's times that you have sown a seed only to receive back more than you've ever sown? See, there's something weird about God's economy. Paul Holland always says God isn't good at math. <laughs> right, Paul? Paul says two plus two don't equal four to God. All right? He's a, he's, he's a terrible mathematician. All right? Because God always has this way of multiplying things that doesn't make sense. And again, he sows seed, and this seed gets sown, and when it goes into good soil, now out of me goes 30, 60, 100. It doesn't make sense. All right, now think about this. That's what the Bible says. He sows the message of the kingdom into the hearts of humanity and produces a harvest, 160 and 30. So think about this for a moment. Think about this. Jesus is a sower. Sowers sow to reap fruit and to reap seed. Right? Okay? So when I sow, plant, if I pick my apples... I mean, no, I can get seeds out of those apples. And I can plant those seeds again. And, and so in essence, I've said this many times, what we have sometimes is how many know the seed in our hand today is the fruit of tomorrow? But how many know the fruit of tomorrow possesses the seed for the next season? And so there's a cyclical thing that happens. Seed, fruit, seed, fruit, seed, fruit. The sower isn't just sowing for fruit. He's also sowing for seed. Because how many know if he doesn't sow, and reap fruit, he won't have any more seed. Where's his next seed gonna come from? It's gonna come from his fruit. Now, stick with me. So in this passage, what does Jesus, how Jesus is the sower, he's sowing for a purpose, he wants fruit, he wants seed. Now here's my question to you. What does Jesus now do with this harvest? He's got a harvest. He has sown the seed, the message of the kingdom. He has sown it into the soil of humanity, into the hearts of men and women. And those who receive it are good soil, and it produces a harvest, 30, 60, 100. But what does he do with it? I'm going to tell you what he does with it. Say, good. He sows it. He sows it. Let me take you, let me continue on in that passage of scripture. This is so cool to me. I've been sharing it with everybody, and so some of, half of you probably already heard it. He goes on. He presented him another parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. All right? But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares, which is weeds, among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprouted, and bore grain, then the weeds became evident also. And the slaves of the landowner came and said to him, didn't you, didn't you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weed? See, this is the very reason I don't do gardening. If only fruit grew, okay, I don't want to weed anything. And he said to them, an enemy has done this. Hmm. The slaves said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? He says, no, for while you're gathering up the weeds, 
you may uproot the wheat with them. Hmm. And allow them both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, what's he talking about? All right, let's begin with this. First of all, how many know in this context now, how many know the sower is once again Jesus? Okay, the earlier passage, he was the sower. In this passage, he's the sower. Only this time, the field has changed. The field is not you. The field is not a person. It's not humanity. It's not our hearts. The field is the world. How many know this world belongs to him? How many know the enemy might be the prince of the power of the, power of the air? But how many know the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? How many know this is his field? The earth is his field. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How many know it's his because he created it? Right? And so now the Bible says that this is, he's the sower and this is the field. But what's the seed this time? Glad you asked. The seed is the sons of the kingdom. The seeds is the sons of the kingdom. If you take this passage of scripture in chapter 13 and you would go down and you look at the explanation of it, all right? Jesus says this very clearly. He answered them and he's explaining it. He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed, listen to this, are the sons of the kingdom. But the weeds are the sons of the wicked one. Listen to me this morning. How many know you live in a world where there are the sons of the evil one and the sons of the righteous one? How many know we live in a world where there are the sons of evil and there are the sons of God? There's the sons of evil and there are the sons of the kingdom. How many know in this house this morning are sons of the kingdom? Some of you aren't sure. I'm not so sure of you either sometimes. <laughs> Some days I think I'm a son of God and other days I'm not what I am. All right? Now watch this. You see, now you have to understand something. This is totally different. You still got the same sower sowing in his field, but now he's not sowing the message. He's sowing a person. He's sowing a man. He's sowing a woman. You see, sons of the kingdom are those who have received the message of the kingdom into their hearts. When I receive the message of God, do you know what the Bible tells me? I become a son of God. I become a son of Jesus. I become a son of the kingdom of God. I'm born anew from above. And so now, this seed that has taken residence in my heart changes me into a son of the kingdom. And sons of the kingdom are those who have heard the message, understood the message, combined it with faith, that resulted in becoming the seed of Jesus in the world. Do you, listen, man, you are planted by God. You are planted by Jesus. I like being planted by him. Think about this. When you and I, receive the message of the kingdom of God in our hearts, we become the fruit of Jesus and the seed of Jesus. Fruit and seed. You see, because here's what happens. The seed we receive is the seed we become. How many know if you have enough seeds of criticism planted in you as a kid, you'll become critical? If you have enough seeds of negativity planted in you, you'll become negative. If you have enough seeds in you a pessimism. How many of you become pessimistic? How many know if you have enough seeds of joy, there's a good chance you'll be joyful? How many know if your parents sow enough seeds in you of, of dreams and possibilities? How many of you become that? 
How many know if you just keep saying nothing, I'm gonna keep asking you questions? I can be persistent, you know. You see, the message you receive, the seed that you receive is that which you are going to become. The seed became fruit that became seed in the hand of the sower. Here's the thing. You know what many Christians want to live as? We want to live as fruit, not seed. I just want to be a big, mushy peach where I can sit and sour. And, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, know what happens to fruit if it sits long enough and doesn't get eaten. It goes, ugh. It gets mushy. It gets soft. We don't need more soft Christians. We get so, it gets soft. It gets mushy. It starts to stink. Flies start to go around it. Why? Because it's dead. We want to live as Fruit. We want to be a decoration on the counter, forgetting that we're the seed of God planted in the earth. We're the seed of God planted in his field. We're going to see the God that has the power to influence the world. I'll show you why in a minute. Many people want to be the recipient of the seed, but never be lived, live, live as the seed in his hand. Am I boring you? Are you yawning? Are you yawning? I saw that. <laughs> I have too much fun I gotta tell you I have too much fun up here sometimes I'm just letting you know somebody get her some caffeine <laughs> well don't go away mad alright listen listen to me Many, listen to, I, we've got to understand who we are We've got to understand this kingdom message takes root in us. And when it takes root in us, we are changed into something that he wants to use and plant in his field to change his world, to change his field. All right? And so what happens is, here's what the Bible says, that we are the sons of the kingdom. Now, I told you this before. And so what happens is that in the Bible days, when you heard that phrase, son of, right, in the Bible days, a man was often referred to as the son of the dominant quality within him. Or he was the son of Abraham, the son of Jacob, the son of Jesse, the son of. How many know that it said son of, there was an identity. All right, we are sons of the kingdom. What is your identity this morning? It's not sons of the assemblies of God. It's not sons of the Baptist. It's not sons of the Methodist. It's sons of the kingdom. Sons of the kingdom. It puts an identity on you that people know who you are. I'm the child of the king. I'm a son of the king, all right? And so now, what happens is, when we're referred to as the sons of the kingdom, the dominant quality of our life should be the kingdom of God. Barnabas was called the son of encouragement because that's what he did. Judas was the son of perdition because of what he did. The dominant quality in the lives of believers should be and is the kingdom of God. That everything about us wreaks kingdom. But some things have to happen. To be a son of the kingdom, we must no longer be sons of self. How many of we like self? How many of you like self? I'm gonna need something stronger for that response. You don't have to teach a child how to be selfish. 
How many of you had to teach your children to be selfish? Now listen, Carson, I want you to understand. No, 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 I don't want you to share that. You need to learn how to be selfish. You need to smack him. He's trying to take what's yours. You know, you didn't have to teach your children how to be selfish. It was born in you. It was part of you. That every inclination of your heart was wicked from childbirth. <laughs> Something has to happen somewhere. See, the greatest hindrance to the kingdom of God is kingdom of self. <laughs> the greatest the obstacle for us walking into the kingdom is giving up our kingdom. I mean, I don't want to give up this kingdom. I don't want to give up this domain. I want to be in charge. I want to do what I want, when I want, how I want. Right? And then I got married. <laughs> then I did what she wanted, when she wanted, when she wanted. You see, you, you, you can't be the son of the kingdom and be son of the self. To be a son of the kingdom, we must no longer be sons of the flesh. I like my flesh sometimes. I like that shirt that says, I like my attitude. Hmm? How many know you're more comfortable with your flesh than you are your spirit? It's more natural to you. I like my fleshly appetites. I like my fleshly stuff. It feels good. To be sons of the kingdom, we must no longer be sons of sin. How many know we are products of sin? The Bible says what? Adam had a son in his image. But Adam was created in the image of God. Sinful man created sinful man. We stop being sons of sin. To be a son of the kingdom, how many of we cannot be sons of denominations? I'm so glad God's not a denominationalist. Hmm? I think some of those barriers have come down in a number of years, but there's still some of them up. Every denomination has some quirky, stupid thing about it <laughs> that we attach our identity to. But if we're going to be sons of the kingdom, we're not sons of denominations. To be sons of the kingdom, we cannot be sons of tradition. Some tradition is good, amen? But how many of the tradition of the Pharisees, the tradition of the, of the scribes and Pharisees was not good? It was life-taking. How many of there are some traditions that just aren't God? There are some traditions that we got to say, wait, 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 is this kingdom or is this, what, what is this? To be sons of the kingdom, we can't be sons of legalism. We know there's a lot of junk we've put on this plus Calvary plus this. How I many it was never Calvary plus anything? Jesus only is, is the one who qualified us. Only Jesus on the cross. Only his blood. It wasn't him plus your dress code. It wasn't him plus your, your code of morality. Sons of the kingdom. To be sons of the kingdom. Here you go. Now get ready. It's 2020. To be sons of the kingdom. We cannot be sons of political parties. Some of you don't want to bet. Don't attach yourself to a political party. Every time the church attaches itself to a political party, the church gets corrupted. To be a son of the kingdom, it's not your sons of political parties. Your filter is not the Republican Party. Your filter is not the Democratic Party. Your, your, your filter is the kingdom of God. Your filter is the word of God. You see, because here's what, king, here's what sons are. The sons of the kingdom are different in the world. Sons of the, Jesus said what? 
sons of the kingdom are peacemakers. How many know we make peace? Right? How do we do that? How many know the Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath? We live in a countercultural mindset, if you will. We live according to what? Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Right? We're peacemakers. Sons of the kingdom are pure in heart. Not perfect in heart. (laughs) Sons of the kingdom. Turn the other cheek. Simple scriptures. Turn the other cheek. Listen to me this morning. And I want to tell you something else about sons of the kingdom. Let me tell you, let me tell you your position in the kingdom. Already? Three. I did a series one time called Me Three. You are not first. You are not now, ever, or meant to have been first. Bible says what? The greatest commandment is to what? Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Who's number one? And he said, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as your, that means they're number two. Where do you come in? How I many know we don't like being three? We like being one. We'll settle for two. But three? You see, when you are putting self first, you are out of the order established by Jesus himself. You are out of the absolute order of the kingdom of God. It's not about you first. Sons of the kingdom serve. Sons of the kingdom come under. Sons of the kingdom don't lord over. Sons of the kingdom turn the other cheek. I don't like doing that. Sons of the kingdom go the second mile, Jesus says. I don't like that. I don't want to go the first mile. Sons of the kingdom love their enemies. I don't want to love my enemy. I don't want to love you if you don't like me. I don't want to love you if you don't love my kids. I don't want to love you if you've done. I don't want to love you. But yet something happens when we're sons of the kingdom. The dominant quality of our life is to be the kingdom of God. Where now I say, oh, all right, I got to love that idiot. I mean that enemy. Sons of the enemy. Sons of the kingdom love their enemies. Sons of the kingdom, Jesus says, pray for those who persecute them. Do you know this is not the American way? Do you know that this is not the American way? And yet, some of us want to live the American way and try to justify it somehow through the kingdom. It doesn't work like that. And so, so I, 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 in, in keeping with this whole word theme, Troy, here, I've got to give you a word for this season. I have a word for you for 2020. Seed. Just seed. Just seed. That's all. Say, such a weirdo. Just seed. Why seed? Because this would be my prayer for you. This would be my prayer for us. That number one, we would receive and understand the seed that is the life-changing message of the kingdom of God. The true, authentic message of God's kingdom that Jesus preached will change your life forever. It will radically change your life. I'm not talking about you saying a sinner's prayer so you can escape hell and get to heaven. I'm not saying to you I'm offering you some two-minute prayer that you can pray so that you can 
hopefully when you die, get to heaven. That's not what Jesus meant for you to live. That's not how he meant. When he came and he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, it wasn't just a get, your, get, get, get out of jail free card. It wasn't just a get into heaven free card. It wasn't just a, to escape hell. It was here is a way in which you can live and have total fulfillment in your life. Here is a way in which you can live that will change every aspect of your life and you will have joy and you will have peace and you will have all the things that you want found within the kingdom of God. Repent, change the way that you think and live according to the kingdom. It's what happened to Peter. It's what happened to James. It has happened to John. It's what happened to Paul. It's what happened to Zacchaeus. And on and on I could go. Where they heard this message and they received it. And it wasn't about getting to heaven. It was about their life changed. Because what happened was they were transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That they're no longer living. See, I'm not talking about you living over here in darkness and living in wickedness and sin and all these wretched things. And you, you got tarot cards and you got... Ouija boards and you're sacrificing goats and chickens. <laughs> what I'm talking about is living under the influence and power of the ways of the world and the ways of Satan, not living in the culture of the kingdom of God, where now you are transformed from inside out. Let me breathe a little hope into you this morning. Come on, Troy. We sing a song, I Speak Jesus. That's a great song, but when I say, come on, Troy, it's just like, ah. <laughs> I was going to harass you, but I won't. <laughs> what message have you received? What message do you understand? Do you understand the kingdom of God? Have you read about the kingdom? Do you understand what the ramifications of it really are? That it's not just something you get to when you die. It lives in you now, and you live in it now. And my prayer, that you would be the seed of Jesus, living as the sons of the kingdom in this world. The message you receive is the message you become. The seed that you receive is the seed that you become. It's funny, for years, I've read those scriptures. For years. I read those scriptures for years. Never tying the two together. Never tying the parable of the sower and the seed of the message into the soil of the heart of men. And then just a few verses later, Jesus talking about the sons of the kingdom being the seed that he sows into the field. Many years, read these scriptures and never connected the two. And all of a sudden, they're like, duh. How many ever have a duh moment? How come it was just men that raised their hands? And I had this dull moment, like, whoa! This is so easy to understand. When I receive the message, I become the seed. When I receive the seed of the message, I become the seed that he sows. Man, that's who you are. Live up to your identity. Live up to your calling. Live up to your mandate. You see, because this is what I know, what Peter said. For I and you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living, enduring Word of God. <laughs> this seed that I've sown into me, this seed that Jesus sown into me, guess what, baby? It's imperishable. Guess what? It cannot be contaminated by this world. 
It cannot be touched by this world. It cannot be contaminated. It is imperishable. It is living. It is enduring. It is the seed that is there. You get, you, you get a man and a woman come together. And although I skipped most of my health classes in high school, I have enough education to know how that happens. Where there is a seed that is deposited into another. And when that seed is deposited into another, something is birthed out of that. But that which is birthed is perishable. That which is birthed is perishable. That's going to grow, get older, lose their hair, except out of their nose. They're going to shrink as their ears grow longer. (laughs) There's just something really whacked out about this body, you know? And yet that seed that you produce is perishable and will die someday. But then the Bible says, but I'm born anew from above. And when I'm born anew from above, it's from a seed that is imperishable, that will never be corrupted, that cannot be corrupted. Listen, you can be corrupted, but that seed will never get corrupted. That's never perishable. The greatest message you can receive is the message of the kingdom of God. But the soil this morning is your heart. Is your heart, my heart. Is it a hard heart, a fickle heart, a worrisome heart? What kind of heart is it? How many know, but here's the cool thing, but here's the cool thing. This is really cool. How many know there is one really hopeful thing about it? How many know that he can change a heart? Maybe this morning you got a hard heart. Maybe you got a fickle heart. Maybe you got a worrisome heart. How many know he can change your heart, the Bible says? That's the power of that seed. I can throw the seed on that concrete floor and it's not going to change it a bit. But the seed of the kingdom can change this heart. Takes a stony heart and turns it to a heart of flesh. Because the Bible says he what? He begins to write his laws and he writes upon the hearts, my heart. And then something really cool happens. Is that then I become his seed. You, You look at the book of Acts. What were they? They were men who heard the message who received the seed of the kingdom, who became the seed of God throughout the world. And guess what? We are still recipients of that today. You and I are here today worshiping him because of those men that became the seed of God in their hand. How many believe this morning you're a seed? How many believe that you're a seed in your workplace? You're a seed in the school, Jay. You're a seed at the workplace, BCS. You're a seed, George. You're a seed, guys. You're a seed, ladies. You're a seed of God. You're sons of the kingdom. Sons of the kingdom. 
when you're sons of the kingdom, you're noticed. Not because you're better, because you're different. You're different. You're weird. You don't return, you don't return tit for tat. You don't strike back. You don't live by eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. You don't insult when you're insulted. You don't mock when you're mocked. You forgive when you're not supposed to forgive. You love the ones who are hard to love and the ones you don't want to love. You're, you're just different. You're weird. You know why? Because you're an alien, the Bible says. You're living according to the citizenship in heaven. So I say to you, as we start 2020, seed, seed, seed. Receive it, be it. So Father, this morning, we want to be good soil. Let us say to you this morning, Father, we want to be good soil. Dig up the fallow ground of our hearts. Cultivate our hearts. Dig it up. So that it becomes soft and pliable. Where your message takes root deep within us. Your seed is deep within us. And when that seed becomes deep within us, we become that seed. We become the message. Like you were the message. You were the message of the Father. That we would live incarnational like you did. And so this day we say to you, Father, plant a seed deep within us and we commit to being the seed in your hand, in your field. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, stand with me. One word to jog your memory, seed.